it makes you just want to run and jump and shout. Uh, it really does. It. Uh, I tell you what, you come in off of that old home mission field and you, you see all these apostolics singing and praying and, boy, I mean, it just puts uh, something in you. Get up. Hallelujah. Even 350 pounds of it. Praise God. I was taking a little nap this afternoon. I'm such an early riser. I'm up about 4.30 or 5. I've been that way for 35 years. And I was up early today. And so I had to take just a little nap, just from about 2.30 to 3.30. I was all set. Boy, I had a sermon. I, I thought I was going to really preach and jump and holler and run the back of the pews. That is, if they had stand the strain. But the Lord is kind of gearing this service a little bit different. I mean, it could have just exploded at the first. And this choir is just wonderful. Everything's good around here. I'm telling you, I'm glad my older brother's got this place to work for God. And actually, uh, I was about six years old when he come on the scene. So if he's 47, I say 47, that means I'm going to be 53 in August. That means my mother and dad are, well, they married when they was 12 or 13, so they're not too old. They wasn't much older than that, 17 and 18, I believe. But uh, if you'll just give me a minute, I mean, it, it'd be so easy to just get up here and take off and just... This place could have done exploded two or three times. But the Lord woke me up. I had to get up and come back down here. He said, that, that's not it tonight. You just, that's what you want to preach. But I've got something else. And I, I, I really would like to just kind of let loose and jump and preach and holler. But you know what? God knows everybody in here. And he knows the closest one to eternity. And he knows exactly what all of us need in here tonight. And it's, there's no time to satisfy the ego of a frothing preacher that's just wanting to jump and shout and holler. There's plenty of times when that's the mind of the Lord and the will of God. And I just want to say a few things uh, about your pastor and my parents, so good to have them here. And he, he said the truth. They raised us up in the right way. And uh, they spared not the rod and spoiled not the child. They'd have been put in jail in these days because they believed the Bible where it said beat him. It won't hurt him. It'll save his soul. It'd take you know, not take something and hit somebody in the head or something, but they would apply the board of education to the seat of knowledge and get that burning sensation. That board was a belt most of the time. Boy, I could dance at an early age. I'd dance all around me. But I, I'm, I'm like my brother said tonight, there's a lot of people, really there's a lot of people, that play a part in each one of our salvation. And naturally there's some key people. 
And I'm certainly not under the illusion that I am responsible for David coming to the Lord, your pastor. I ought to be calling him. I'll tell you what we call us around the, my church is Brother Bacon because we got a Spanish man in and he couldn't understand my name. He said, I'm so glad Brother Bacon come here and preach the Holy Ghost. And I tried to tell him my name three or four times. I said, yeah, Brother Bacon, Brother Sausage, Brother Ham, Brother Chitlins, whatever you want to call me. Uh, I've got it all. And he's always saying, Brother Bacon, I'm so glad Brother Bacon come. But uh, that same place I was preaching that revival in Anaco. I, I want to just tell you about my little part. My mother and dad's part is a lot greater. And other people that were involved, grandparents and others that prayed for this young man. But I just want to tell you about this experience. I was preaching a revival in Anacoca, Louisiana, right out of Leesville, in 1972. And you know, Thursday's my spiritual birthday, talking about Pentecost, June the 15th, 1964, 36 years ago, God filled me with the Holy Ghost this Thursday night, 36 years ago. And about 35 years ago, started preaching. And I didn't preach but a few times till everybody encouraged me to go to Bible school or somewhere and get some help. So I, I went off to Texas Bible College for about three years and graduated and, and then, uh, preachers with large churches took me in as assistant. They said, we want to get you over here working somewhere where you won't hurt nobody or yourself, either one. Get working with the youth and working with the outreach and, and they helped me. Great churches, great men. But I rolled out of bed about 2.30 one morning. That's even early for me. I couldn't sleep. And the Lord had put David upon my heart. And he was a student at the University of Arkansas. And he wasn't up there praying and teaching Bible studies neither. I'll tell you that. Not going to tell you what all he was into. But he wasn't playing checkers and eating fritos. Huh? And... uh I'm telling you, I, I have never had a burden like that before or since. I went to that church. It's just right across the old country road. And I, I got up under the altar. I began to cry and pray for God to save. I don't know why God laid that bowl on me so heavy. And I mean, the Spirit of the Lord come down in that place. And I, and when I come to four hours later, I was up under the pews way back there somewhere, crying and talking in tongues. But I want to tell you what happened. I had a visitation. I saw, now you can believe this or not, I saw my body down in that church and my soul was in the presence of God. I, I'm, you talk about an out-of-body experience. That's before they start talking about it. I saw my body draped over that altar. And my soul, I saw the lights of the city. I don't care what you, I heard the voice of God. You know what he said? Fear not, I will surely save your brother. And when I come to about four hours later, I was up under the pew just to crying and talking in tongues. And you know, I thought, well, now if that's the Lord, it'll come to pass. And just a few months later, I went to Arkadelphia to pastor my first little church. Sister Cindy was, Cindy Beckton, where is she? She was the organist and my wife was the pianist and her daddy was the song leader and they were the fine leaders.
leaders of that church. And, and so we, I was preaching my own little revival. And one night, old brother David got under conviction, drove all the way from Fayetteville. I was a preaching. He run through them doors and ran to that altar and fell out talking in other tongues. And old sister Cindy went to shout and she saw a good young man coming in. <laughs> no. And he moved down there and got in that church and started driving the Sunday school bus and getting involved. I mean, real involved. <laughs> but living for God. And I'm telling you, I've appreciated the Lord speaking and said, I'm going to save your brother. Let me be a part of it. I'm sure there's a lot of prayers and a lot more went into it than that. Praise God. Good to see old Brett growing up. I'm telling you, old Brett looks like he's going to be about 6'6". He must not be much better than he ain't got enough meat on the hoof. He must have took after them slender Williamses. My Lord. I weighed that much in the third grade. My Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I could go on and on just telling experiences. Let's stand in the building. I, I, I wish I could feel a little more jubilant, and I'm sure not going to preach hellfire and brimstone, but I've got a message from God tonight that the Lord spoke to my heart. I had to come down here and put it together this afternoon. And God knows what we need, folks. Amen. I want you to take somebody by the hand, and I want us to sing that old chorus. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You will find he's not too busy. To hear your heart's cry, oh, he's passing by this moment, all your needs to supply. So reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by, oh, reach out. Sing it with me. And touch, touch the Lord, Lord as He goes by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart cry. Oh, He's passing by this moment all your needs to Oh, reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. How many of you will be sensitive to the Holy Ghost tonight? What if I told you it is very important for some people to hear the voice of God? Not the voice of this human preacher, but through the word of the Lord being preached. Can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is saying right now, you have said, oh Lord my God, speak to me. And the Lord God says to you, I will surely speak directly to you this night. 
I want you to open your Bibles to Micah. Now, the only way I know how to tell you to find that little prophet is to start with Malachi and go backwards about six books. The book of Micah. One preacher one time was having me read for him, and he was a cut up. He said, and you know, I was nervous. I was a young preacher. He said, turn over there, Brother Beckton, to the book of Hezekiah, the second chapter. Man, I was going crazy looking. I said, my God, I've been in Bible school three months. I know that's in there, there but I can't find it. I said, Brother, I can't find it. He said, it's because it ain't in there. That's terrible for a man to do a fellow. I was nervous in the service. Mm. Brother David Beckton, you better grab your sword because I got one little portion. I'm going to want you to read from the sixth chapter of Micah here in just a few minutes. But I want you to turn to the seventh chapter of the book of Micah. Good to see all these ministers. I don't know how these fine, slender, good-looking men preach. I, I've always preached that if you didn't weigh at least 250, I don't know how your man could get anointed. Without, didn't. I preached a false doctrine for years. They finally called me before the board. I preached that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, which meant the more belly you had, the more Holy Ghost you had. But they finally straightened me out on that. They said that wasn't necessarily so. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man. Man, I tell you, I'd like to lighten up. I, I'm feeling a burden tonight, but you know, I'm not, I ain't mad at nobody. I don't feel like preaching mean. I used to be a mean preacher. I used to preach so hard I even scared myself. I'm telling you, but I one day I got a little mercy and love and grace in there with the truth. But I, I, I feel something definite from the Holy Ghost tonight. Micah 7 and verse 7, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. Can you say praise the Lord? I said he retaineth not his anger forever. Because he delighteth in mercy. Everybody say mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I want to preach tonight on this subject. When mercy dies, you want to treat mercy real carefully. You want to love mercy. You want to handle mercy carefully. Because if mercy ever dies, there's no more hope. Mercy is very long-suffering and compassionate. 
But, oh, God, if it ever dies in your life, what a tragedy. The Lord woke me up and spoke to me and said, if mercy ever dies, there's no hope. I said, oh, God, don't let mercy ever die. When mercy dies, pastor, pray for us. Praise God. Everybody said amen. When mercy dies, I have a confession to make tonight. Of course, I've already given it away in my subject title. But I have a lady that I love more than my sister, more than my sweet mother, more than my wonderful, beautiful wife. This special lady is so attractive, so appealing, so kind, so loving, so patient. I have been involved in a 36-year-long love affair with this precious, beautiful lady called Mercy. Mercy. If God would take my sister or my mother or my sister-in-law, any of our loved ones, I, I would be very sad. I think I would be very sad for a long time, just like you would in your case. If God would take my wife, it would change my whole life. But if God would ever take mercy away from me, it would change my entire eternity. That beautiful lady must never die. I do not want to ever allow mercy to die in my life. Now, I want you to bear with me. and You, you may be disappointed that we don't move faster and jump and shout and preach tonight, but I want you to bear in mind that the Spirit of the Lord knows every heart and every family and every situation and every complex set of circumstances in every life in here. And he knows what we need tonight. And I want you to bear with me. This Bible that we preach from reveals a personal God of love and grace and mercy and long-suffering. Can you say amen? And forbearance. The Spirit of the Lord has been so sweet and so tender and so good to every one of you. Know ye not that it was the goodness of God that ever led you to repentance? Can somebody say amen? Amen. Brother or pastor, I want you to read for me for just a minute. This is the only reading that I'm feeling tonight. But Micah chapter 6, verses 6, 7, and 8. 
I usually walk all over the place. Somehow or another, I don't feel like moving everywhere tonight. I'm just going to stay right here. And I feel like God's going to move in here. Now, I, I want you to help me. Us Pentecostals are bad about if if it's not a fast-moving shouting service, we just kind of clamp down. But we may not be shouting, but you can give me your heart. And you can, you can give me your spirit. You can even say amen every once in a while. It won't scare God. Amen. Let the Lord operate in here tonight. Micah 6 and 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord? How am I going to come before the Lord? And bow myself before the high God. And bow myself before the high God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? Is, is it still that you come before God with burnt offerings? With calves of a year old? Calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? Maybe if I brought thousands of rams, I could appease the Almighty. Or with ten thousands of rivers of oil. Or ten thousands of rivers of oil. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? What am I going to try to trade my child for salvation? Shall I give my firstborn for what? Transgression. For my transgressions. The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. Can I trade the fruit of my body against the sins of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man. He said, no. God said, he hath showed you, O man. What is good. What is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee. And this is what the Lord requires of you. But to do justly. Do justly. And to love mercy. Love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. And walk humbly with thy God. This is the word of the Lord for you tonight. Do justly. Just do right. And love mercy. You better take care of this lady called mercy. Hey, you guys that are married, you better treat that woman right. You better not be knocking her around or destroying her mentally or emotionally. For God will not hold you guiltless. But there's a woman you better take care of even better than that. You better love mercy. You better, you better look on mercy with a lot of respect. You better be careful how you talk to mercy and how you push mercy away. Because there's a day coming, my friend, when you're going to need mercy more than you need anything in this world. It will not matter in that hour how many cars you've got in the driveway, what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you've got, or how many CDs you have in the bank. But one thing will matter. What is your relationship to the mercy and the grace of God in that hour? Mercy is so loving and so persistent, always wooing and drawing and dealing with us, trying to save our souls from the torments of a burning hell. Mercy is so good to us. You would literally have to kill mercy out of your life to stop it. You have to tell God, leave me alone. I don't want mercy. Get away from me. I tell you, God loves you so much. He will deal with you until you say, get out of my life. I'm not ever going to do right. I'm not ever. I'm not going to listen to mercy because I want to do the thing that I want to do. Amen.
Mercy has come to plead with people tonight. Mercy has come to beg some people tonight. Don't do the thing you're thinking about doing. Don't make that wrong decision. Don't jump out ahead out of the will of God. Watch yourself. Treat this spirit of the Lord and this spirit of mercy very carefully. Because if you ever kill it, there's no hope. It is so vital and so important to have a right attitude toward mercy. Some people take advantage of the grace of God and they think because they've gotten away with a few sins that maybe God don't think they're so bad. The, the wise man said, the sentence, the, the, the foolish man, the ungodly man is fully set in them to do evil because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. The hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. Some people, instead of appreciating the grace and the mercy and the long-suffering and the patience and the kindness of God our Savior, say, well... You know, I fiddle around here and I've done this and I've done that and I, I hadn't been caught or it hadn't destroyed me. God must, I must be alright or, or more would have happened. You don't understand. The mercy and the love of God is bending over backwards to save you before he has to break you. Every time you flirt with judgment, by playing around with sin and winking at sin, mercy grows weaker and weaker and weaker in your life. And if you flirt with judgment long enough and you abuse it and you mistreat that lady and you take advantage of that sweet, tender spirit, then one of these days you're going to be like Samson. And he shook himself as before. He thought he could just come in here on Sunday night and with the choir singing and the music pounding and the preacher leading us all like this young man can do. And you could just kind of shake yourself and that old Holy Ghost will well back up and you talk in tongues a little bit and a little crocodile turn, you know, that's just going to make everything right. You better be careful. Presumptuous sin is a very dangerous, serious thing to play. One day Samson shook himself, and he wished not that the spirit of mercy had died. He wished not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He tried to reach out after that power, and he had power, friend. He had supernatural power. But he played with that conscience and played with that woman called Mercy too long until the Spirit of the Lord lifted off. And one day when he needed God in the worst kind of way, he shook himself. Reminds me of a church I went to one time. Man, they could jump, they could run. I'm talking about a oneness church. I'm, I'm telling you, 
you're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the shouting and the glory and the power, but every kind of sin in the world was going in. I walked in one morning to a prayer meeting and two women was kissing each other in the mouth between the pews and the Holy Ghost said, Stop! And tell them that the Spirit of mercy is dying! The Corinthian church had all kind of gifts and power, but they all said how also had all kind of immorality and ungodliness. And it was strange. It was confusing. How can God move in that preacher? Because there's always a few dear old saints that's still praying and having faith and the power of God is moving. But the devil will come and try to plant imposters in the middle of it all. This isn't very exciting, but you better hear it tonight. You better hear the Spirit of the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm not going to preach a long time, but while I'm preaching, I want you to hear me. Mercy is reaching for you tonight, and mercy cares for you like an angel of protection. Isn't mercy wonderful? Everybody ought to lift up right now and thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Oh God, you're so long suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me tell you something. I'm not a mystic and I'm not a spook and I'm not way out and crazy. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God does talk to people. And just because some of you don't pray enough to know God in that dimension, don't judge those who do. The reason that our churches don't read like the book of Acts is the people don't pray like the people did in the book of Acts. There ought to be miracles, signs, wonders, healing, Holy Ghost power all the time. I'm telling you, Brandon, you can have an Acts of the Apostles Church. You can have a church of miracles, signs, wonders, power, glory, victory, revival. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. Oh, that's mercy. You know, God's not talking this soon. He said, if you will leave your wicked ways, that self-centeredness. Amen. So you be careful how you treat this wonderful gift from God called mercy. I was a young man. I had never done anything like this in my life. Never. I believe you've got to be very careful about going to people in a church and saying, God said for you to come pray. You, you better be careful. It, it, hey, it's all right, but it better be God. You could run somebody off forever. You got to, and I was aware of that. I was taught like that. That, you know, you, you don't play with people. We're, we're not psyching people. We're not into mass psychology. We're, we're not into playing uh, personalities. 
And I was standing on the platform. I was assisting Brother O.W. Williams in Houston, Texas. I was a young man. The crowd was seven or 800 people. A man in the church, Brother Gene Nottingham, I saw him not long ago at a general conference, but he had a brother that he finally got to church. And this, this man was a vile man. He was only 23 years old, which uh, I was a year or so younger at that time. And as Brother Williams preached, that man's face got big as a that's all I could see. I, I couldn't get, I looked the other way. I couldn't, I, I just kept seeing him. And when he was given the altar call, and Brother Williams never gave long altar, it was just boom, come on, and people would come get the Holy Ghost. But that night he just lingered, and he just begged, and he never, he just waited, and they kept singing, and it just wasn't him. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, Go to that man. And tell him that he must pray tonight. Well, everything in you, Rebecca. I mean, you know, people have been told, don't go to a Pentecostal church. They'll grab you by the neck and drag you down to the baptistry and dunk you. They'll tell you, yay, yay, yay. If you don't come tonight, you're going to drop dead and all that. Yeah, I knew all that stuff. So I, I kept staring. I wouldn't go. I said, God, you know, it's probably just me concerned, and I've been drawn. It's just me. And, and, and brother, I thought, surely Brother Williams is going to quit. This will let up, and I'll feel better. And he just kept on. He never done that. I mean, the altar call's been going 15 minutes now. Usually, he just opened up the altar. Man, if you didn't come in about 60 seconds, come on in, saints. Let's praise the Lord. That's the way it was. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Man, I'm telling you, it was bearing down. God said, if you don't go, I'm going to hold you responsible for this soul. Boy, that got my attention. I went back to that man. I, I went as humble. I, I didn't try to act super spirit. I, I went as meekly as I knew how. I said, man, we're glad to have you here tonight. And, and, and we love you. And I'm, I'm sure you can feel the presence of the Lord. And he began to tense up just a little bit. And I said... You really need to come pray tonight. He said, I ain't coming. He started to get smart. He said, I ain't coming tonight. That's the way all you Pentecostals are. You're going to drag me. I said, no, sir, no, sir. I said, I just want you to know that the Spirit of the Lord said for you to come and pray tonight. He said, well, I'm going to tell you I ain't coming tonight. And then something come out of me that I didn't premeditate. Something moved across me and come out of my mouth. And the Spirit of the Lord said to him, If you don't come pray tonight, you never will pray. And boy, that really made him mad. It made me feel bad. I couldn't believe I said it. And he just got up and stomped his way out of there. But I'm here to tell you, that the very next day, 24 stories up on a building, he stepped the wrong way. And they picked what was left of his body up in a plastic bag. And we buried him out at the graveyard. And I'm here to tell you that mercy was begging that man that night. Mercy was pleading. Mercy took a poor, young, ignorant fool and said, go back there and Beg the man, and I tried to, and he just kept making fun of me until I finally shut up. I'm telling you, folks, 
when mercy dies, it's about over. It's about over. If you went to a certain place in the city of Phoenix, Arizona, there is a mental institution there for specially unique, sick minds. If you saw what you could see in that place, it would change your thinking and your life forever. You'd never be the same. There in that place, people are kept in little cubicles, four concrete walls and a concrete floor, no toilet, no seat, one little middle hole. They eat out of it. They go to the bathroom in it. People that are born without any arms, any legs, any eyeballs in their sockets, weird, grotesque freaks of nature, married, insane, demented minds, malformed. They chain what little body they have to the wall. They put their food in that little hole in the middle of the floor. When they get through with that food, they use the bathroom in that same hole. They try to wash it out every two or three days. Those people in that place, the doctors and the psychologists in that building say, are people that are born to parents who have been so sexually abusive that all kind of diseases are in their body when those little babies are born. And what is born is just some little part of cells and fiber and sin. I want to tell you something. It is the mercy of God that you were born with a right mind and a healthy body. Like You shouldn't take it for granted. It is the mercy of God that you comprehend this Acts 2.38 message. It is the pure grace of God that out of six billion people, you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. It is a miracle of God what's happening in this church. You can feel it catching hold. You can feel the spirit of revival. You know it's fixing to grow and double and triple and just take the city. And it's not because of anybody or anything, but just people loving mercy doing justly walking don't, don't quit walking humbly don't get proud when god gives you 400 remember that god did it but these people somewhere in the back seat of an automobile mercy died one night just too many times, just too often, just too long. The Spirit of the Lord convicted and pleaded with some boy and girl. And they said, leave me alone. I'm going to live. I just want to have a little fun. Friend, if you insult the Holy Ghost long enough, he'll just back up. You know, he's never going to make you do right. 
He's never going to force himself. When you see some preacher trying to make people worship and make people live for God, you can know the Holy Ghost is not in it because the Holy Ghost don't force people and make people. The Holy Ghost says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will forgive your sin. Does not matter what you've done if you just won't kill the spirit of mercy. You could be a homosexual, a lesbian. You could be a murderer. And if you came to this altar sincerely, said, God, I'm in trouble. I have sinned for so long. I, I have not heard your voice, but yet somehow never. I feel something touching me tonight I hadn't felt in a long time. Mercy hadn't completely died. It's so weak in you, but something's making it live. Something's causing it to rise up tonight and say, hey, I still love you. Somebody's still praying for you. I still care. I'm not angry forever. Amen. I want you to bow your heads. I don't know if I'm through preaching or not, but we're going to have to wait on the Lord here a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't want any music right now, but I just feel like an old song that Sister Willie Johnson used to sing. I just feel like singing it a cappella. There's a still small voice and it's saying to me he says closer draw closer come closer to me in a whispering tone, he never leaves me alone. Closer, come closer, draw closer to me. Lord, I want to hear every message clearer. And I want every word to consume. For if I ever make it in, I must draw closer to him. Closer. Come a little closer. Please draw closer to me. And that's what the Holy Ghost is saying tonight. Oh, don't forsake mercy. They that forsake mercy, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Look at me, boys, all you Brett, all you young men. Stand up right here, right here on this front row. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I wouldn't do it for the world. I just want you to look at me just a minute and listen to me. Be careful. Be careful with this beautiful woman called Mercy. She's the most beautiful woman that'll ever be in your life. 
She's more important than the girl you're going to marry. She's more important than, than popularity. She's more important than money and fame. Because if mercy ever dies, money and fame won't matter no more. You'll be a walking dead man. The Bible said that the woman that liveth in pleasure and sexual sin is dead while she yet lives. She's walking around breathing air, but she's dead on the inside. So she's done been that way so long. She's done shut mercy down for so many years until she said, I'm going to do what I want to do. And finally God said, okay, okay, y'all can sit down. Listen, God's talking to you men tonight. God's talking to you young men. God's talking to people in this building tonight. I'm telling you, it, it would have been so easy. These brethren had the Holy Ghost moving in here. Any Pentecostal preacher with any fire at all could have got up and bucked around and preached the Holy Ghost for 15 or 20 minutes and went all a bit of shouting and a jumping. But God said, hold it! I've got something I want to say to somebody in a different way tonight. Oh, God, I'll I, I tell you what, I, I'll tell you what, something's got a hold of me and won't let go of me now. Say, brother, it's time to quit preaching. It ain't time till the Holy Ghost said it's time. It ain't time till God, hey, God may want to plead with one soul in here for 10 minutes. Why in the name of God would we hurry past the Holy Ghost just to go get a hamburger and a milkshake when somebody in this building may go out into eternity before the morning comes? Oh, you're trying to, I ain't trying to scare nobody. I'm trying to obey the Lord. Who in this building, I say unto you, who in this building can stand up before me tonight and say, I know I will be alive in the morning. I know it. No, you don't know it. I can drop dead right here in this aisle right now. God holds my next breath in, my, in his hand. All he's got to do is just shut that and I'm gone. You'll pick me up off the floor. When mercy dies, I'm going to tell you what I feel in this church. There's a spirit of mercy. There's a spirit, there's a balance in the Holy Ghost. There is truth and yet love. There is mercy and yet justice. There is righteousness and yet compassion. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Some people are holy, holy, holy. They're so hard and mean until they kill their own holy standard. But it's wonderful to have a holy standard and a pure, sweet spirit. There's a spirit that says, Hey, Mr. Sinner. Hey, Mr. Backslider. Hey, Mr. Lukewarm person that's going through something in the church. I've been there before. I'm not looking down on you. I don't feel better than you. It's only the mercy of God that I've got a hold of something. One day, 
Some things happened in my life. Now, I've been preaching for 35 years, and it's been since then. It's been a long, long, long time ago. A lot of things happened. And you start seeing fault with everybody from Brother Urshan to the back door. And you think you know better than anybody. Just because you've preached and a few people got the Holy Ghost. Because I've laid my hand on a man and he jumped up out of a wheelchair, hadn't walked in 20 years. Then you get to thinking that you, you know more. But I'm going to tell you something. God can bring you down. And God can put you on your face and say, you know what? Everybody I ever healed, every miracle I ever wrought, everything I ever done, it was my spirit. It wasn't your talent. It wasn't your ability. You just happened to be a yielded vessel at that time. And I thought I could trust you, but now you're getting this high and mighty, holier-than-thou, self-righteous attitude. Brother, when I went through that trial, I got bitter. I got mad. I decided, I'm going to tell you what, if this is the way God treats a man that's fasted for 40 days and done miracles, boy, you get that old nasty spirit and the devil will get a hook in you. And mercy, the only thing holding you is mercy. It's like a little woman with a little, she's, please, 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 don't quit. I still love you. I'm still trying to straighten you out, boy. I'm still trying to save you. One day, I said, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away from it all. But you know what? Somebody was praying somewhere. Somebody somewhere was praying. And the spirit of mercy come up and said, don't go any further because there's yet a little mercy. And I'm, I'm a holding on to you, Gary. This is the day that you're going to either turn to me or go away forever. Somebody prayed. Oh, the power of prayer. The power of intercessory travail. It, there's no value you can put on it. You can't pay enough money for it. Don't make fun of these people that are praying. Get in here and pray with them. But I'm going to tell you, your sons and your daughters, your mothers and your daddies, your husbands and your wife, and even the strangers in this street are dependent upon a travailing church with a spirit of compassion and mercy and the love of God. You're never going to win this city slapping them in the face with Acts 2.38. They don't even know what you're talking about. You're going to love them with mercy into this place. There's men and women sitting here tonight. And you know in your heart, nobody's going to point you out. I forbid anybody to go to anybody unless you come talk to me tonight. Be careful. Because I've said too much and it would be a setup. Now if God really says it, I'll know it. We'll know it. Don't put no pressure, no fleshly pressure on nobody. Because I'm here to tell you, you ain't got the power to make nobody come pray. You can't do nothing. I have felt before like, boy, if I don't do this, they're lost. Man, I can't save nobody. My God, I'm doing good to save myself. But the Holy Ghost is talking to at least five men in this building right now. 
that really need to come and pray. I, I'm, I'm telling you, oh, here we go. No, here we ain't going either. I'm not telling no more stories. I, I could tell you story after story. I, well, I said I wasn't going to. I could tell you about the man that my dad and mom know about, a man in the Waldo, Arkansas church in World War II. His daddy was a preacher, and he never would live for God. And old Brother Hill said, you better come pray tonight. He wouldn't do it. He is stubborn, proud. But Melvin Tullis went down to work in Minden in that arsenal, and that machine blew up, and they picked him up in a plastic bag that night. Wasn't enough to fill the bag left. Just an old country preacher said, Melvin, you better pray tonight, boy. No, I've heard that all my life. My daddy used to say all that stuff. Boy, it was one time too many. Something stabbed the mercy in the heart that night. Mercy said, ah! And died. And that man died before the sun come up. Say, boy, you, you ain't going to scare me up there. Man, I know that. I'm just trying to get mercy to talk to you. Mercy. 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 It's time to quit, preacher. I know that. I know it's time to quit. But something ain't quitting. Something ain't quitting. There's five men that need to come to the altar right now. I don't know who they are. I'm not sure. There may be 25 feel like them, but there's five men that need to come. There's young people that need to come beside them five middle-aged men. Oh, mercy. Spirit of mercy. Spirit of mercy. Don't let mercy die. Don't do what you're thinking about doing. Don't do it. There's no music. There's no play up. There's no drama. There's no big cycle going on. Just the Holy Ghost is talking. I want everybody to be still for a minute and then we're going to come in here and pray like you ain't heard praying. I want everybody to be very still. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is speaking. Did not you set before a mirror a few days ago and say into that mirror, if there be a living God, speak unto me. I have heard of you all my life and I've never known anything about you. Make yourself real to me. My dear friend, you don't pray tonight and he's going to make himself real to you in a way you don't want to be. Mercy is calling. Mercy is about to die in your heart and mind. But mercy is pleading. Mercy stopped the whole flow of this revival spirit that was in here this morning. That we should have come in here and kicked out the stops and run and jumped and dived and rolled and had an old-fashioned Pentecostal service. But the Holy Ghost said, Whoa! I want to stop mercy from dying tonight. I'm asking you, sirs, will you come and seek mercy?
before judgment knocks on your door. Please, if I could get down on my knees and crawl and help you to come, I'd do it, but it would only embarrass you. I would be willing to crawl and lick your feet to get you to come pray because I know that if mercy dies, it ain't long till judgment comes. I want the musicians to now come. I want the singers to now come. I want the Lord to talk just a little bit. I, I mean, we're not going to be another five minutes till everybody's coming in here. And I mean, we better have some travailing intercession in here tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God. There is a revival that's going to break loose in this church and it's not going to be a flighty, jumpy, somebody calling people out and trying to prayed their gifts, it's going to come out of travail and intercession. And the compassion and the mercies of the Lord will add family after family, man after man, woman after woman from this community. God will build his church. I want us to sing that old standby, Amazing Grace. Beautiful spirit of mercy, amazing grace. Everybody stand. And the mercy of the Lord is calling. And there's five men that have not moved yet. That mercy is down on her knees pleading with you. Pleading, please come. Please come. Please come. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was so lost, but now I was blind, but now I see. Was grace. That taught my heart to fear. Sing it. I'm telling you folks, mercy is pleading. Mercy is, I'm going to tell you what's happening. The person close to you, mercy's going wild in them. Mercy is wanting them to get on their knees and beg you. Mercy, mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. We wait. I can't let go of it yet. I can't let go of you yet. Mercy's pleading, pleading, please, 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 please come and pray. Come on, lady. Come on, you that need the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, children, young people, old people, middle-aged, visitor, Pentecostal, charismatic, whoever you are. Mercy is calling. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time for the church to go into travail. It's time to intercede. Come on, church. It's time to get out here and get on your face and begin to cry to the high God of heaven. Lord, don't let mercy die yet. Don't let mercy die. I invite everybody to come as close to God's altar as you can get. I don't care if you're a visitor, if you're a backslider, if you're a sinner, if you're a church member. Come on and get as close to God's altar and God's pulpit and God's platform that you can. Come on, church, it's time to pray. It's time to intercede. It's time to prevail. It's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh. Oh, 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 mercy, don't die, mercy. Mercy die out there. Don't let mercy die on that girl. Shaka la la bahusu kala la bahaya. 
Nishikiano, Ikalolobo, Sokobahaye, Nosokiliata, Shokiata Haya, Lushikiata, Moshamahaya, Ukashi, Ika, Ikoho. mercy of the Lord, great grace and love of God, forbearance and long-suffering understanding of the Spirit. I want everybody, I want everything to stop. It ain't going to go nowhere. I want you to stand. Everything in here, stand up. I want some of you to face that direction, some of you to face that direction, some of you to face that direction, some of you brethren are facing this way, and I, I want you with the power of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of mercy in here to stretch your hand toward the many souls out there that need mercy. God said pray for them now. Some of you are pointing to the north, some to the south, some to the east. My God just said I'm going to bring them from the north and the south and the east and the west into the Brandon First United Pentecostal Church. I want you to plead mercy upon them. Pray for their mercy. God, you see my son up there in Ottawa, Kansas. I pray for mercy. Mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. How many of you in here has got unsaved children? Let me see your hand. Put your hand straight up to God and start praying for mercy. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy. 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 I want you to turn around and pray for somebody next to you and pray for mercy. Mercy. Put your hands on somebody and pray for mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. mercy. Everybody cry out to mercy. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. (laughs) 
send a revival of mercy, Lord. A revival of mercy. Not a revival of judgment. A revival of mercy. Oh, oh, oh. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Have mercy, my God. If my people who are called by my name will just humble. I'm talking about humble. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Alamasi la 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 bosho la 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 can't let go. I can't let go. I'm sorry. I can't let go. God ain't through with this service yet. I'm asking you. I'm asking you to go and stand around the wall, all the way around the wall. As many of you as you can get over there, all the way around the wall. Some of you get around here, get all the way around the wall and stand for the mercy of the Lord. Everybody that's pleading for mercy, stand against the wall and look toward this congregation and lift up your hands and cry, Mercy, O Lord! Mercy, O Lord! Mercy, mercy, sweet spirit of mercy! I hear the voice of the Lord speaking from the mercy seat, Mercy! Mercy, 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 akayabosiki atoyaya, mercy, 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 have mercy, have mercy, O oh Lord. Have mercy, O oh Lord. Save my son, O oh Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Hey, I want everybody to be quiet. I want you to be quiet. I want you to hear a testimony that I feel prompted in the Holy Ghost to tell you. A few, just a very few weeks ago, I've got one son in Brother Treadway's church in Beaumont, Texas. We've got another boy, big old boy, a trucker. He's a backslider. He lives up in Ottawa, Kansas. If you don't believe the power of prayer works. One morning I woke up. I was troubled. I went to the house of God way before the sun ever come up. I said, mercy, oh God, save my son. My God, I'd rather go to hell than see that boy lost. 
Oh, yeah. I'm talking about getting serious. I said, God, I can't live with it. Paul said, I could wish myself accursed for my kin. We got a call in two or three days. Jerry, was he, he pulls oil up out of the ground and carries it into Kansas City. He's a good driver. He's drove all over the nation. He knows what he's doing. But that morning, he forgot to put his brake on. And he walked down to open that gate to the well. And if it hadn't have been dark, he saw the headlights move. And that truck started for him, going to pin him between the fence. It had killed him. We'd have never known what happened. But he saw them headlights move. And he got out of the way. It hit him in the shoulder. Somehow he jumped up and grabbed that door and swung up in there and got that truck stopped. And you know what he said to me? Dad, I know you was praying for mercy. That's the first time he's acknowledged anything about God to me in about two or three years. He said, I know. God spared my life. I want to tell you, friend, You, some of you may think this is foolish and stupid what we're doing here tonight. But I'm going to tell you there's some souls that hang in the preach right now. And you people standing, and some I'm not saying everybody that's sitting is not a corporate, everybody can't get around here. But I want you to know that your prayers are being heard on high. And there are people living and still have a chance to be saved for one reason. You're saying mercy. Oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, oh Lord. I want to ask you, you say, brother, you're acting strange tonight. It's stranger to me how you can sit here unmoved. Now that's what's strange. I'm not worried about you being critical because God's going to cut you down like a big oak tree and put you on your face. I want everybody that's unashamed. You've got a lost child and you would come and lay down here. Lay down on the carpet and cry out to God. You ain't ashamed to do it. You would get, I'm going to tell you what, if you see them in there casting without God, you'll be able to get on the floor and cry for mercy come down and get on your face and say oh God have mercy this is one preacher that's fixing to get down in the floor and say oh God now this is the last thing I'm doing tonight whatever the pastor does next is up to him I'm asking you to get on your face and pray for mercy don't you be too proud Don't be too proud.